Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another story about the Peters children. The title of this week's story is The Peters Family Celebrates Easter. And I'm sure from the title, you can guess what this week's story is about. As we do in every story, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title. If you recognize it, you can email us your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's answer was Jesus, lover of my soul, from the story Penelope does not have a boyfriend, but we didn't have a winner. Before we get to this week's story, I want to take the time to remind you that you can go back and listen to other stories that you may have missed along the way. Our normal schedules have been disrupted, so you might have more time than you usually do. I've mentioned before how much I love Penelope Peters Gets Lost in the Woods, so that's a good one to go back and listen to if you haven't already. Or how about Penelope, the Talebearer? That's another good one. Now, it's time to begin this week's story. The Peters Family Celebrates Easter. Penelope Peters sat in church on Palm Sunday, her brother Pearson to her right, and Daddy and Mama Peters, Patience and Priscilla to her left. It was time for the offering. Penelope reached in her Bible case and found the coins that she had brought for the offering plate. She was always a little bit nervous when the offering plate made its way to her in her row because she didn't want to accidentally drop the money all over the place. She would never forget the time. She could never forget the offering fiasco when Pearson was in kindergarten and had attempted to hand the offering plate from Daddy Peters to Mrs. Flowers, who was already a bit shaky because of her age. Pearson had walked gingerly from his place in the pew to where Mrs. Flowers was sitting, and he had handed the offering plate to her. Only she barely had a grip on it because she was too busy complimenting Pearson's neatly pressed plaid shirt to pay attention to the plate and pass it along. In that moment that Pearson still remembered as one of the most embarrassing moments of his life, the offering plate slightly tipped and began its descent to the floor. Only before it descended, Pearson had tried to save it, in his memory, the whole thing would play out in slow motion on repeat. He had done his utmost to catch the plate, but instead of catching it, he had accidentally hit it high into the air. The plate arced and flipped, loudly dropping all of the loose change that had undoubtedly been placed in it by all the children in the church. Children always brought coins for the offering. The coins had gone everywhere and the sounds of it bouncing off the pews and the floor sounded to Pearson like John Henry inside of a cave, pounding away on the train tracks with his hammer in rapid-fire succession. What was worse was that the offering plate landed right on top of Mrs. Flower's head. Mercifully, her fluffy gray and white curls broke the impact of the plate, so it didn't cause her any discomfort. In fact, the way she sat, it appeared she didn't even realize the plate had landed on her head at all, because she just looked at Pearson, her face contorted in confusion. Pearson reached over and took the plate off of her head and began to pick up the coins off of her and the floor and the pews, along with the help of many others. On the other hand, Pearson's face was fire-engine red, and he did all he could to hide his face from the congregation. It was utter pandemonium, as Daddy and Mama Peters were doing their best to help, while at the same time directing Penelope to put the change back into the offering plate without stuffing her pockets full of it. How she loved change, and she was envisioning dropping each coin into her little Susie Sandy coin bank, which had a clear tube that circled round and round before dropping each coin with a loud clink into the bottom. 
What was especially fun about her little Susie Sandy Bank was that after the coin dropped, a loud noise would emit from a speaker, at least when the batteries weren't dead. It sounded to her like an old-fashioned cash register, like the one she had seen in a drugstore on an old show she had watched about a sheriff in North Carolina. Anyway, she loved the sound, and it was music to her ears. Daddy and Mama Peters had to remind Penelope several times to put the offering back in the plate, and finally, when all was collected and the plate had moved on, and Pearson was at last sitting in his seat, Pastor Felsdow made a remark from the pulpit that made the congregation laugh, and Pearson cringe. If only there had been two small copper coins in there, cleanup would have been a lot easier. Thankfully, Penelope didn't drop the offering plate that she handed off to Pearson, who in turn didn't drop the plate either. She did, however, drop her coins in the plate, and then made herself comfortable to listen to Pastor Felstow as he brought the message. There was no Sunday school on Palm Sunday or Easter Sunday, so all of the children sat in church with their parents. Some wiggled and squirmed and made noises. The older children did a better job of sitting still. Penelope had learned that it was easy to pretend to listen, even when you weren't. But she did her very best to listen. She wanted to be prepared to answer Daddy and Mama Peter's questions after church on the ride home. But it just so happened that this week in particular, it wasn't a challenge to listen to Pastor Felsdow's message, which was about the triumphal entry of Jesus to kick off Passion Week. The pastor pointed out something that Penelope had never thought of before, and it got her attention. Pastor Felsdow emphasized how Jesus rode into the crowd on a borrowed baby donkey. In a time when kings were carried on litters or rode victoriously on majestic steeds, Jesus chose a baby donkey, not even the mother of the donkey. Pastor Felsdow had everyone turn to Zechariah 9.9. The verse prophesied that Jesus would be riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. It also spoke of his humility, the king of all, riding into Jerusalem on a lowly donkey. The people rejoiced though must have wondered at it. Why was their king coming on a donkey? And if he was riding on a donkey, was he actually a king? Was he their king? And just maybe, the people were caught up in the moment, in the loud chant of the crowd, waving palm branches, but with a sneaky suspicion that this might not be the one. The people surely knew that this was not how a royal procession should look. But Jesus knew the crowd, and he still loved them, he knew that this was the week that was the culmination of his life. He knew that at the end of the week, the crowd that had had the sneaky suspicions that he was not the one would feel affirmed in their beliefs because he knew he had come to die. The excitement and the waving of the leaves would be replaced by the weeping of his disciples. As Pastor Felsdow waxed on, Penelope thought about who she would have been in the crowd. Would she have been a disciple or one of the doubters? It sure made her think. She glanced over at Pearson, who seemed as entranced as she was. Then she looked at Patience and Priscilla, who were quietly sleeping in their car seats. She prayed that they would know Jesus just like she did. When church was over, the crowd was more solemn than when they had entered. Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday was not exactly as triumphal as it had sounded. It kicked off a week when he would actually lose popularity and would end in losing his life. On the way home from church, everyone in the car seemed more thoughtful and quiet. As soon as they got home, Mama Peters got busy prepping the Palm Sunday Pax cakes she made every year. The mere thought of those cakes made Penelope's mouth water. The cakes would have to wait, though, until after the supper of marinated chicken Daddy Peters had already begun to grill 
and the fruit salad and fresh rolls Mama had prepared. Then, and only then, would it be time for the yummy Pax cakes, on which Mama had sprinkled powdered sugar and cinnamon to be topped with homemade whipped cream. Mama, why do we make Pax cakes? Oh, it's an old tradition. Pax means peace, and Jesus came to earth to bring peace and goodwill toward men. But Mama, I remember that Mrs. Cochran told us in Sunday school that he came to bring sword, and that he brings fighting, and that families would be fighting with each other. I sure hope that never happens to us. Oh, sweetie, Jesus did come to bring peace, but not to everyone. To some, he causes disruption. People who don't believe in Jesus hate him, and they hate all those who do believe in him. They know that they're sinners, but they don't want to face that, so they stuff it way deep inside of them, and they continue in their sin that they love so much, and they don't want others to make them feel guilty. Frequently, they'll blame Christians who they say make them feel guilty, but ultimately they blame Jesus when they don't have peace. What Mama Peters had just said seemed to compute with Penelope. I love Pax cakes even more now, Mama. They sure bring me peace. Mama Peters laughed. <laughs> Daddy Peters, who had come into the kitchen to grab some more sauce for the chicken, heard Mama Peters laughing and asked, What are you ladies talking about? Pax cakes, Penelope said enthusiastically. Oh, one of my favorite topics, Daddy replied with as much enthusiasm as Penelope. Pearson, who had been in the living room caring for Priscilla, walked into the kitchen carrying his baby sister. Wow, it smells good in here. I'm starving. Well, here, hand me Priscilla and go help Daddy Peters with the grill, Mama Peters directed. Pearson absolutely loved to help on the grill. Daddy Peters always let Pearson turn the meat on the grill, despite the fact that there was one time when Pearson was supposed to pick up the meat and put it under the platter. But instead, but instead, he had inadvertently dropped a large piece onto the ground. Daddy Peters quickly picked it up, brushed it off, and shared it with Pearson. Later, when Pearson told Mama Peters about it, she almost turned green and asked incredulously, You ate the meat? After it had fallen on the ground? Daddy Peters made a loud manly sound and said, Man wastes no meat. Ten second rule. Mama Peters just shook her head playfully, but said she hoped the meat wouldn't land them on the toilet for the next six hours. But it hadn't, and so it seemed that it only confirmed Daddy Peter's mistaken belief that if you pick anything up off the ground before it has had the chance to sit for ten seconds, it's still edible and just as yummy as before. Mama Peters and Penelope were far too refined to think that this was acceptable, but Pearson applauded Daddy Peter's and would adopt the same bad habit. While they ate supper, Daddy Peter's led the family in the discussion of Pastor Feldstow's message. He talked about Jesus going to the cross. Jesus, being born to die, was headed toward the cross, toward pain and agony, and to be rejected by God and man. As she listened, Penelope's heart was stirred. She thought of all that Jesus had endured for the sake of all the people he loved. For her sake, her eyes moistened with tears, and her heart was filled with gratitude for what Jesus had done. That night, as Penelope lay in bed, she thought more about Jesus' death. Her mind wandered as she contemplated her own death. She thought about how horrible it must be to die, and about the moment she would simply stop breathing and never wake up again, and she began to cry. She shuddered 
and cried louder, as she could just not put the thoughts out of her mind. Daddy Peters, who had heard his daughter's cries from the other room, rushed in and sat on the edge of her bed, reaching for her and holding her in his arms. "'What's wrong, Nellie?' he asked, alarmed. "'Did you have a bad dream?' "'No, Daddy Peters. I haven't even... I, I haven't even been asleep yet. I'm scared.' "'What are you scared of?' "'Of dying, Daddy Peters. What will happen when I die? Where will I go?' What will happen to you and Mama? Will I ever see you again? Well, what if it's painful and scary? Daddy, I don't think, I don't think I can do it. Daddy Peters held Penelope and rocked her for a few minutes before speaking softly. Oh, sweet girl, death can seem so scary. I get it, darling. But when we get caught up in how we see death instead of how God sees death, it can really feel overwhelming. But Daddy Peters... How was it not overwhelming? I have this old book, Nellie, that was written many years ago, and it reminds us that God sends death as his messenger for the regenerate person. That's you, the Christian. We all may live on earth, but Christians are really citizens of heaven. So while we may enjoy things on earth, our affections are set in heaven. We set our affections on things above and not on things on the earth, like it says in Colossians 3.2. We're still very much alive physically, but we are dead to sin. And so Colossians 3 says that we have died to sin, but we're hidden with Christ in God. Those who know the Lord and are in Christ aren't under the power of sin or the authority of sin. And as it says in Colossians 3, 3, our life is hidden with Christ in God. To die is nothing else but resting from our labor in this world. When you know Jesus and you die, you instantly are in the presence of Jesus and an innumerable company of angels and God, who is the judge of all, but Jesus, who is the great mediator. At least those are the things that I have summarized from this book. You know what book I'm talking about, right, Pen? Oh, yes, Daddy Peters, I do. It's the Bible. Yes, Nellie, and that's the Word of God. It makes me happy to think about when my body is sick with disease and sin, my mind has peace. Even though my shell, which is my outward self, is getting older, and I'm sort of falling apart, my knee hurts from football, and I sure can't run as fast as I used to when I was young, my inner self is being renewed. That kind of means I'm healthy inside. Think about it, Pen. You know Mr. Hart, who's always outside greeting the children, and you say verses to him on Sunday morning? He's 98 years old. And you see how he's stooped over? and he has lots of wrinkles, and he's got white hair, and he sure doesn't hear as well as he used to when he was young. But he's always got a twinkle in his eye and a smile on his face. And that comes from the inner joy that God has given him. And so he can rejoice, even though his body may ache. But he has joy inside. He's a widow, and his wife went to heaven years ago, so he's looking forward to heaven. But while he's here, he still wants to serve, and that's why he stands out front and greets people. He knows when the time comes to die, God will give him strength. And he'll give you strength too, Pen. I don't want you to be afraid, and God doesn't want you to be afraid. When you are afraid, as always, you can only trust in him and put that out of your mind and think on good things to replace those bad thoughts. Think about Jesus in heaven and all of the angels in heaven. Think about the joy that you'll have forever, for all eternity, 
I know that's hard to understand. I don't understand it all either. But we don't have to focus on the scary stuff that we don't understand. So give those scary thoughts to God and control your mind by thinking on good things and asking God to help you control those scary thoughts. After hearing all that Daddy Peters had said, Penelope had already begun to feel better. Okay, Nellie, I think we better get to sleep. So let me pray with you before I go back to bed. Daddy Peters prayed longer than he normally did. And suddenly, Penelope just didn't feel better. She felt peaceful. She understood that this was not the moment that she needed to think about death. The only preparation she needed to make for death was to repent of her sins and believe in Christ. And she had already done those things, so she had no reason to fear death. Very shortly after Daddy Peters had gone back to bed, Penelope fell asleep and slept soundly through the night. Unfortunately, though, each night of that week, Penelope continued to have thoughts about death. But just as she was pulled into fear, she asked the Lord to take those thoughts away from her, and she began instead to think about the joy of heaven and how all things would be new there. By the time Easter Sunday rolled around, the excitement of that day replaced any bad thoughts of death. Pearson and Penelope awakened to the delicious aroma of the resurrection rule. Pearson and Penelope awakened to the delightful aroma of the resurrection rolls, an Easter Sunday tradition in their household. Penelope slipped on her pink lacy dress that Papa and Grandmom had bought her for Easter. She put on her white shiny shoes, and though she wanted to put on her bright white gloves, she thought the better of it, knowing that she would be eating breakfast, so she just carried them as she walked downstairs to breakfast. She helped by getting Priscilla and Patience dressed in their new pink lacy dresses that matched her own. So she just carried them with her as she walked downstairs to breakfast. She helped out by getting Priscilla and Patience dressed in their new pink lacy dresses that matched their own. Of course, she thought her baby twin sisters looked absolutely adorable. Pearson walked downstairs and looked quite handsome wearing his new button-down blue shirt, also a traditional Easter gift from Papa and Grandmom. As the Peters sat down to a breakfast of fruit, bacon, and resurrection rolls, Daddy Peters read about Jesus' resurrection as each of them glanced inside of their rolls to notice the emptiness inside representing the fact that Jesus was no longer in the tomb. The tomb was empty forever because God had raised Jesus to life eternal. The symbolism of the empty rolls resounded with the Peters, even as they devoured them and asked for another. After a quick cleanup after breakfast, it was time to leave for church. Moments later, they pulled up to the church, and Penelope put on her bright white gloves. All six of them entered the church and found their seats. Pastor Felsdow's message moved from sadness about Jesus' death to the great news of his life and resurrection. He talked about how Christians would all have a true triumphal entry into heaven because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Penelope's heart grew warm as she thought about the struggle she had had thinking about death all week. But those thoughts had been replaced with thoughts of the delights of heaven. She thought about the billions of believers that were already there and of all the angels and the nonstop joys and parties of heaven. At the end of the service, the congregation stood as one. Penelope felt as though she would burst as the instruments began playing and their collective voices rang out. Up from the grave he arose with the mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. 
Until that precise moment, Penelope had never been so convinced that this was the truest victory of all. Christ had overcome death, and because of that grand and glorious truth, there is no dying for those who believe. There is only life everlasting. Hallelujah! Christ arose in victory. Praise God. Hello again from Grandmom's Corner. I don't know about you, but when I hear the gospel, that is that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again on the third day, my heart rejoices, and I am often moved to tears. This week our family experienced some sadness, but I was comforted when my husband recited John 11:25 and 26. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And I pose that question to you who are listening. Do you believe those words of Jesus? Most of you, like us, haven't been able to attend our church services, and you will most likely gather around the TV or the computer screen or laptop to listen to your pastor preach from God's Word. We so wish we could worship God together, and it makes us somewhat sad because we miss our family and friends. But you know what? We can celebrate Easter year-round, no matter where we are or who we're with, because Christ has risen from the dead. Imagine how the disciples must have felt. They had believed and loved Jesus with everything they had, but he was crucified and he was dead. They didn't know what to do. They were bewildered, confused, and frightened. And then, and then, the women who loved Jesus had gone to the tomb only to find it empty. And the angel who was there assured them that Christ had risen from the dead just as he said. They raced to tell the disciples the good news, that Christ had conquered death. The tomb was empty. So how about it? Can we rejoice in that? Sure we can. We here at Whimsy Wins wish you a happy Easter, and we continue to pray for all who listen to the stories we bring each week. We are also continuing to pray that God would heal our land and bring many to Jesus during this time. We plan, the Lord willing, to be here next week with a new story about the Peters children. Bye for now.